Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished room closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. More cowbell, more cowbell. Did you like my? Uh, did you like my changing my? Uh, wow, my I'm helmet. Speechless. You are a special did, man. And then you brought up. Do you know how cowbell? much? <laughs> yeah, I got a. I got my my Mississippi I've, State, the NCAA champion football team this year. We are well on our way, folks. Well on our way. CV, I would I give mean, you props, but you brought so many yourself. I love it. I I love it. I got it. It's. You know, for a room that's again four foot by eight foot, I got a ton of crap in here. So it's like every day <laughs> something new. But everybody else, welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Tango Alpha Lima podcast. I am Mark Seavey, your boatman on the river sticks that is this podcast. And we boatman are having a day. What? Yeah. You are the what? You're, why don't you just go with the ferryman, all right? Why don't we just stick <laughs> with musical themes? Well, yeah, Sorry. Super Producer Holly has given me the earworm that is the unicorn song, and I'm really glad that I wasn't being recorded while I was doing the unicorn song dance, but if you if you guys ever go to Murphy's in Old Town Alexandria, you gotta know the unicorn song. It's just, it's, you're not gonna live very long without knowing the unicorn song. Oh boy. I am joined, as always, <laughs> by my two co-hosts who obviously adore me and think I'm just the greatest thing ever. We've got Ashley giving her uh, her face there, and then Jeff Present. in his, I don't know, is that pink? Is that peach? What what do you got going on it's there for coral. a Is it coral? Coral. I would never, there's no, if there's not a crayon called coral, I wouldn't there have it. There is a crayon it is, car, called coral. So you got my, my Okay, then that's, then up. that's what it is. Then that's what it is. Then it's coral. coral. It sounds like coral. You know coral. I'm a, I'm a fashionable and secure you're a man. Fashionista, you're out in Hollywood doing your thing. Well, fashionista oh, is gender specific, Ashley, and I would uh, ask you not to uh, project your gender normatives onto me. Thank you very yeah, you're much. The, you're you definitely fashion- the Tim it, Gunn so- of our generation. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I like that. That's good. All right, fashion. Fashion. You know, I don't even know what is fashionista. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) Who was was that guy? Was it Mr. Blackwell? Was he the guy that always critiqued people's clothes at like the Oscars or something? You know who I'm Uh, talking about? Before Joan Rivers? I just, Tim Uh, Gunn is the only, uh, you know, sartorial, elegant guy I know. And I only know him from uh, How I Met Your Mother. But I know my wife watches him on, uh, what was that? what was the show where they make all kinds of dresses and stuff? Was it? Oh man, I'm a single Some man. Reality. I don't watch that kind of TV. Oh, Project Runway. If you oh. stay single, so you don't have to watch Project Runway. <laughs> Highly recommend not watching that show. But you know, when I was first dating my wife, and I had to go through the, you know, the the, the fake act of actually liking her TV programs, like Project Run. Brutal, brutal. Just <laughs> not my scene at all. All right, so we should probably talk veteran stuff on this here veterans podcast rather than fashionistics, 
which I'm still not certain <laughs> is the gender neutral fashionista. But. All right, we will start with topic one. And I know you guys are excited about this one because we talked about it earlier, but article from military.com entitled Unicorn Made Famous by Shark Incident Floats into History at the Coast Guard Museum. And it's, I love this Amazing. first paragraph. In the video, it can be seen drifting at sea, a rainbow-bright mythological equus cast aside as swimmers from the Coast Guard Cutter Kimball clambered out of the water and away from an uninvited shark. Despite calls for the swim watch to sink the unicorn, the giant inflatable darling of the Kimball's now infamous August 26th swim call was retrieved from the Pacific Ocean and will now have a new home at the United States Coast Guard Museum in New London, Connecticut. Museum staff posted a photo Thursday of their latest acquisition, which will join the museum's collection of mascots. The Kimball's Unicorn Swim Floaty will be displayed alongside such objects as the Lighthouse Keeper's Salty Rabbit and Captain Cluck, the mascot of the service's aviation forces. Now, I actually had to do some Googling to figure out what these two things were, but it, another article I read today says that the unofficial mascot of the Coast Guard was a stuffed rabbit from World War II that a Coast Guard chief intended to give to his children, but ended up as the ship's mascot. That's apparently the stuffed rabbit. Uh, Salty Rabbit is his name. And then Captain Cluck is a tin rooster that has become the mascot of the Coast Guard's aviation branch. If the Coast Guard doesn't want us to make fun of them, they've got to stop doing things like this. Jeff, what do you got? <laughs> Hold on, CV. I'm checking flights to Connecticut because that museum is now a must-see event. Now, I, right, that's, I, that's lit. That is lit. That's like better than the world's largest ball of twine in wherever Iowa, Davenport, Iowa, or whatever. Now it's a must-see to go see the unicorn floaty. And think of the money they can make if they sell, you know, replicas of the, of this right. thing. And uh, because I'm down, I'm. I've got to see. I check my Facebook friends Amazing. list to see who's in Connecticut because I'm about to be. If I can see Captain Cluck, Salty Rabbit, which should also be a dish that they could make, Salty Rabbit, and yeah. uh, and Captain Cluck. I mean, I, I was a little, those could all I was be little... dishes at like the local pub. Like if that is right outside of the museum, like that is what I would do. If I put my marketing hat on, I'd be like, we're gonna have desserts. Named after like unicorn, rainbow unicorn, and vanilla bean ice cream with a dash of sprinkles, right? Yeah. And then we could have the salty rabbit, right? Could be like some soup. I'm really hungry right now. I don't know if y'all could tell. And then like the chicken, like just pair that with a waffle, and it's gonna be a great time. I'm just saying, you know, goals. And then they could like write Coast Guard with syrup on it or something. I don't know. I honestly what? had to. I double checked and made sure I was on safe search before I looked up. <laughs> Salty Rabbit and Captain <laughs> Cluck because I can just like you've got to assume those are urban dictionary terms for something and I, I didn't even want to know what it was but wow what, wow. What's, what is it tread lightly tread the water lightly very appropriate for this conversation right wow <laughs> wow what but a story can we just say that picture that they posted with the I think it's the curator and she's like pointing <laughs> right. epically right. it's like I, I just it, wow I was like this is brilliant I, I need well, someone I would think in, of like, all the, 
Okay. I want someone in like an ascot and a top hat, and it's like over here we have some modern architecture, and then over here we have <laughs> like you go to floaty, the mall, the, like... <laughs> floaty the unicorn. It's like, what are you doing? You can hear him going, we're walking, we're walking, and right. unicorn, we're walking, Captain Cluck. Now, it's also interesting to me if, that this is a, it's a story. It, it, right. It's a good story yeah, because good of, story. you know, the sharks. But I, I, I can't imagine any other branch where this would be a story. I, well, the thing, the thing that is, is flummoxing to me is that last year's number one badass video that I saw was this Coast Guard guy leaping off the boat onto a submarine and then oh, trying the, to punch his way into it, right? That was the that drug guy bust, was, right? He was, yeah, the dude was, was like, awesome. Oh banging on the hatch. I'm just, just like full speed, still moving, wait. water brushing over, and he's like pounding right. on it. I was like, what? That guy should have a wax so now, figurine in the Coast Guard Museum, but instead we've got an exhibit for Floaty the Kimball Unicorn, which is super crazy. easy to put in the gift shop. You just order them in bulk, and it's like, take one home with you today, and they just yeah. slap a sticker on it. Your kid, Coast Guard, slap it right on the rear. That guy that was jumping on <laughs> the guy that was jumping on the drug boat, I I bet he was soothed by having a, a an inflatable unicorn when he got back onto his own ship. Right. I, I remember seeing that it. video, and it was the last thing they kind of pan over, and the thing's just out there by itself. Leave no man behind, and they left that raft, and now that raft is being immortalized. Yeah. Well, I can't believe they're talking about sinking it. Like, what What would sinking an inflatable unicorn do to discourage the shark? He'd be like, oh, my, they've got friendly fire on their own unicorn floaty, so now I should leave them alone? It, the whole thing was crazy. But, At that point, well, you can't you're just reward upset you wildlife can't... conservatives because then you, you're just putting plastic right in the ocean, and then they're going to say, "Oh, you're responsible for th-. right." No. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, did you say wildlife conservatives? I think you meant yeah. conservationists. conservationists. I think oh, is what you meant. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two different people. Two completely My different people. I got politics on the brain. Excuse me. I just watched the debate. Oh, oh boy. No. So the. Man. Uh, she said the word. So sinking the, sinking the thing, you can't reward the shark by letting the shark uh, attack it because then no, no inflatable unicorn will ever be safe. That's right. That's, That's right. Set yeah. the precedence. No, you got it. Jeff, when you're right, you're right. You can't, if you sink <laughs> this one shark to a, if you sink this one floaty to appease the sharks, then the sharks have already won. So I'm glad he didn't. I, you have to. You have to refuse an unlawful order, and the order to shoot Kimball, the inflatable unicorn shark, was clearly, clearly way out of bounds. So I hope someone's being punished for the for the order to shoot it. And I'm, I applaud the United States Coast Guard Museum in New London, Connecticut, for having a sense of humor. So there you go. There we go. All right, we will take our our first of many, many uh, commercial breaks here. Now we'll only have two, but we probably need a lot more than that. Well, let's take our first commercial break here, and we will be back with more Unicorn Talk in just a few minutes. If you care about disabled veterans and children in need, and we know you do, donate today to the American Legion Veterans and Children's Foundation. Any amount helps. Donate online at legion.org forward slash donate. Actually, we're not talking anything Unicorn now. All right, we are back, and Ashley is appealing to the great rainbow god. Apparently, I'm not sure what's going on there. Jeff, 
What story do you have for us today, buddy? I'm trying to figure out what you guys are doing to me. I used to be on this show. I used to be the one that brought the levity and the and the ha-has and the chuckles. And you guys keep giving me stuff that sends my blood pressure up and I want to rant. But today, this is this is good and bad. I mean, it's it starts rant-worthy because of needless death of veterans. But it's what we're seeing now are COVID deaths at veterans' homes are becoming criminal and people are being prosecuted. And we... We love guilty people being prosecuted, especially when harm is done to the aforementioned uh, veterans. So there is a story, and there's two stories that we uh, looked at today for our preparation. One was in New Jersey, and 100 people died there. That's ridiculous in and of itself. But then uh, uh, further away on the on the coast of the country, the east coast of the country, in Holyoke, Massachusetts, uh, this is, this is how things are starting to go down. Two former leaders at the Holyoke Soldiers' Homes were indicted Friday on criminal charges in connection with the COVID-19 deaths of nearly a dozen veterans. Five, uh, five investigates first reported. I was reading, the, uh, I was reading the, the commercial that they wrote into the opening of their story. Former Superintendent Bennett Walsh and former Medical Director Dr. David Clinton were indicted following an investigation by state attorney general's office so we're talking about we're talking about a lot of we're talking about a lot of veterans dying here this isn't this isn't an accidental one-off or two-off this was either neglect uh most likely or or something even a little more evil doing than neglect but we're talking about so this goes on to say at least 76 veterans died with COVID 19 at that home and dozens more became infected beginning in march if we if we are finished with our service and we are fortunate enough to get to an age where we need people to protect us and our state of living right that's their job is to keep us alive and they cannot be trusted at least now they're being prosecuted and hopefully there's an incentive for better care in the future uh uh, Mr. CV, I don't know what you think about this, but I'm sure you're. I'm sure you have a rant waiting inside of you as well. You know, I I, I don't. It's <gasps> taking it to the next taking it to the next level. The criminal level is is. You know, you've got to go beyond just the negligent at that point to become you know really responsible for this. But think about it. Those the deaths at the Holyoke facility, and I've been to that facility. That started later in March. And by then, we had a pretty good grasp, at least, of the danger that was posed by COVID. I mean, by by the time people were getting sick, they'd already shut down the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'd already had all these deaths out in Washington State. And I, I, I'm eager to hear how it goes because I don't really have a thought because I, I don't have access to what they knew when they knew it and everything else. But, I mean, if you're seeing that the first groups of deaths in the United States was all at an at a elderly facility in Washington State, and you happen to run a facility with largely elderly people, I mean, I, I would think that you would be immediately calling up and saying, hey, what is it we're going to do with this? I have a population that's seriously at risk here, and these are, you know, when you're talking about, like, the soldiers and sailors' homes and everything else, there's 
a lot of people living in close proximity. It's not like there's separate houses all over a place where you can easily segregate everyone into like their six foot perimeter for social distancing and everything else. These are people who's on a day to day basis are socializing with each other all in one area. You know, they're having meals together for the most part. I don't know. I, I don't know about the criminal aspect of it. It's at least good that they're taking it seriously. But I don't know, and I'm not defending the administrators here. I don't know what they knew and when they knew it. But, I mean, wow. You know, we cannot, we we deserve better treatment. Certainly the people in that home, you know, you must have had World War II guys and Korean guys and everything else. And to spend your final days where you can't be visiting with your family members and you're cooped away, and th- I mean that's a lot of deaths for not a huge population, and that's that's crazy to me. I don't I don't know what's going to come of this, but I guarantee I'll be tracking it. Uh, but wow, well, I that's mean something else, Mark. I, I I would call it negligent because, like you said, the information that we knew, and for them to say in it a little further, because obviously I wasn't going to read the whole article, but it yeah. it says a, a controversial decision was made that month to combine positive and symptomatic veterans with healthy ones, comma, which was missing here, in an overcrowded unit. So they're just taking everybody and shoving them together in what is already an uncomfortable uh, environment pre-COVID, and now they're making it a lethal one, and they, and I, they did know better. And, uh, I mean, I'm not a prosecutor or a defense attorney. You are at least an attorney, so you have a, a better perspective on what probably uh, fits the legal definition of these right. things. But I think even the indictment itself oh, sends indict- a message. But the indictment, sends- the indictment always, I mean, the indictment, there's no indictment that it's reads like, oh, he's a generally good guy, but then he whacks some old lady on the <laughs> yeah. street. You know, like every indictment is obviously going to bring up the word. You know, but like to me, I, I keep thinking like, you know, at that time when they were shutting everything down, there's plenty of hotels and everything else that are open. Like, I don't understand why you couldn't rent out two floors of a hotel and you put one person in each. Now, granted, your nurses are still going to have to go room to room to check on these people. But if they're asymptomatic or they're just clear and they're not, they don't need constant attention to stay alive. You know, if they can sit in a chair and watch TV and, you know, they're watching Drew Carey and Price is Right, and they just need food and stuff, just put them in a hotel. But to think that you're just going to mix everyone up together and be like, ah, we'll get through this, okay, is bananas. That's why I can't wait to hear. I, I, I don't know how you could have dealt with it worse. Like, hey, well, hey, Jeff. Can I, just tell you, can I just tell you that I love that you uh, – Mentioned Drew Carey. So Listen, now I was just hear, about to say that. Don't take more. Don't let's hear. Her. Let's hear what. Let's hear what the other where's, person we know from Drew Ohio Carey from. I forget. He's from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he so was the, was debate, like, the debate. The debate. The yeah, debate. I mean, oh my god! You said the right word too. Of Euclid, oh, well, uh, I couldn't know, believe I, it was at. The, I couldn't believe it was at Cleveland Clinic in case Wasser would entertain <laughs> that nonsense. I was like, Oh, Holly's. Holly's. Super producers having a coronary because you guys are going there. <laughs> not going there. All right, so we're not going. We're not going into that. But you know, it's, I I am eager to see where this case goes. I I don't know. I, I don't know what happened here, but it's not a good look, no matter who you are. And you know, we. I 
I, I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm kind of flummoxed by the whole thing. To think that you would keep people who are sick around people who are healthy and are obviously at risk, and we knew that at the time, that those are the people that were suffering the most. It's just insane to me. Just insane. I wonder what Drew Carey's neighbors think. Drew Carey's neighbor thinks there, Ashley. What do you think? I don't know, Mr. Daly. What do you think? All right, let's move on to topic three, which Ashley is going to be bringing the heat on. We we are across the fire. We are we are on a short time fuse here. So, Ashley, take it up. Fuse. Okay, so I wanted to touch base um, for all my Vietnam veterans out there. Just want you to be aware that Blue Water Navy um, or Blue Water Navy Act that was passed. It would have been summer of 2019. Then, let's see. Yeah, it was summer of 2019, and then it was implemented. I think it was January one of of 2020. Yeah, and then they they, and then they pushed it back a little bit because they weren't sure exactly how to deal with it, and then we got COVID. So we're still in the gearing up phase for the blue water. Yeah, correct. So. to, to announce, um, and this is from Military Times, you know, VA has finished digitizing deck logs for Blue Water Navy Vietnam veterans, and the hope is, fingers crossed, it should speed disability claims. So roughly there's about, let's see, I think it's, it's just about 23,000 Blue Water Navy um, veterans or survivors um, since the start of this year, and they've awarded over $641 million dollars. Think, okay, let's take a tactical pause. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But well-deserved and way past due because we have learned some hard lessons, right? And I'm really glad that the VA is stepping up in all the right ways. Um, you know, advocates are estimating that there's roughly as many as like 90,000 Vietnam veterans that are probably eligible for these payouts. And the digitized deck logs, which is in partnership with NARA, which is the National Archives, um, they're working together simultaneously to help with the application process, which is super great. And there's a bunch of other like miscellaneous things that VA that I'm doing that isn't just about this article, but external that is helping these folks. Um, so you know, highly encourage anyone who has served, you know, um, Republic of Vietnam within the area with the X number of miles, with all of the you know constituting factors that are with this element. Blue Water Navy, check out the VA website. There is a whole page on it. There is information on Brown Water uh, Navy, uh, Orange, or excuse me, Agent Orange, Blue Water Navy, Brown Water Navy, all of the above. But if you have had any exposure to this or you've been previously denied, you know, reapply for that claim. Like our American Legion folks, like we've got representatives all over the country, you know, reach out to our service reps if you have not already done so and refile that claim. Um, But that's really what I wanted to share with you all today because, you know, lawmakers agreed, you know, passing legislation last year and mandating V8's efforts to update, you know, decades old records is now coming to fruition and we need to talk about that. So, very exciting. To give a little background on what the way it works when you file a claim is you have to show that you have a present condition that was caused by something in service and then you have something that links it together. What it does for this specific case is if you have certain cancers or other diseases that are caused that they believe have been caused by Agent Orange, they were presumptively caused by the Agent Orange. So you just had to show that you had that current condition and that you had exposure to Agent Orange. What this, the VA digitizing the deck logs, is doing is it 
Now you could just say I was on such and such a ship and it was during this period I was assigned to this ship and here it is passing through the territorial waters of 50 miles or whatever it is. So boom, you can get your claim accepted. In the past, you had to prove that you were actually exposed to Agent Orange, which mm -hmm. was just a royal pain in the ass. Most people couldn't do it. Now that they've expanded it to the Blue Water Navy, now you just have to show the deck logs, which will show that you were at least close enough to catch it. But Jeff, what did you have on this one? I had exactly what you said. No, there but, but you go. really, I mean, really, it's it's true. It's the it 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 reduces the burden of proof on on the veteran who is. Uh, you know, of a certain age by this time, actually, and is suffering from a disease. Do they? Re it's awesome that we are taking that burden of proof and and making it a lot easier and probably yeah. automatic when you go ahead and um, apply. And it's a great use of technology. And I know the VA gets a lot of uh, a lot of flack for not utilizing technology all that well. Uh, like including the million apps that you have to have if you want to do anything. They're all separate and kind of yeah. create separate logins and everything else. Uh, mm -hmm. To see a great use of technology like this solve a real and important problem that we've talked about before is, is really good to see. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right, let's take our uh, second commercial break here, and we will be right back with you in a minute. So you were discharged with a 20% disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. All right, we are back with Rapid Fire, which is going to be rapider than our usual fire because uh, young Ashley has a hot date with something or other here in 19 <laughs> minutes all right rapid fire one for our favorite topic here this is from c4 isr net the space force doesn't want to send a human to do a robot's job and the article begins since it was established in december of 2019 and probably even before that one question has plagued the united states space force when will they send humans into orbit while Space Force officials have tried to keep the focus on what their personnel will do on the ground to support the nation's space assets, they've done little to dampen the speculation. The Space Force probably didn't do itself any favors when it released a recruiting ad earlier this year that seemingly implied that its members would literally be going to space. You know what? If you signed up for the Space Force thinking you were going to space, you got everything your, your recruiter bargained for. Every, every stitch of it. I don't know how you would have passed the ass, Fab, but whatever. Uh, going on here. But for anyone joining the Space Force to be an astronaut, Major General John Shaw has some potentially bad news. I think it will happen, said Shaw, after this engagement exercise in space. But I think it's a long way off. Jeff, Jeff what do you got? Are you, you going to be... Uh you going to be running off to do this or not? <laughs> no. The first no. thing I was thinking, I, and I can't think of the movie, is when, you know, we had to go into, we had to go into space because an asteroid was coming and they needed to yeah, destroy Armageddon. it. That's, Armageddon. Armageddon. There you go. It's one of the greatest so, movies of all time. What you, it had I'm not, Tyler I'm not before with, she was an elf in Middle Earth. I'm not good with titles. Wow. And, I, and you know what? I have, so I think that we need to get up there sooner than later because we keep hearing about asteroids and stuff coming close. So I think we need to get a handle on that. But I have other questions. Number one, are people being recruited 
to directly to Space Force? Do they have people that have never been in another branch? That's my first question. And my my second, it's not a question. If further in this article, we've had a we've had an ongoing question about what these people are called because they've said they're not going to call them spacemen. They can't call them Trekkies. They're kicking this down the can. They're just calling them airmen. That's it. That's ridiculous. Mind you, and there's sad. not a lot of air out there in space, but yeah, you can call them whatever <laughs> you want. I guess. Yeah, it's right. it's just a whole army of red shirts going off to do their thing, but whatever. I just want to say the other day I did meet two women who were in the Space Force. Wow, what did they do? No idea. I, I didn't get I, that far. My, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I mean, cool. So, sooner or later there's going to be like, can you read, oh, I'm a meteorologist in the Space Force. Like, what? What are you talking about? Like, there's got to be all kinds of weird things out there, but like, yeah, right? again, why would... Why send people when you can get robots to do it? If I've learned nothing from Terminator movies and, you know, Starship Troopers, it's that machines can always be trusted. Did you guys see the uh did you <laughs> guys see the video of the dog walking down the street, the robot dog? No. No, no okay. No. They've started doing this they've got this robot dog thing and it walks itself around the neighborhood. People keep seeing it and all the conspiracy theorists are like, run it over, shoot it. It's well, yeah, neither, that thing was on Black Mirror, and nothing, if it's been on an episode of Black Mirror, the prognosis is not amazing. I'll just no, say that. Not great. No. All right, rapid fire number two, uh, ninja missile kills Al-Qaeda affiliate. Uh, U.S. Special Operations Forces with no fanfare killed the top Al-Qaeda leader in northwest Syria in an unusual drone strike nearly two weeks ago. They used a secretive weapon, a so-called ninja hellfire missile, on which the explosive warhead is replaced by a long blades to crush or slice its victim while minimizing risk to any civilians. Later on it says, the modified Hellfire missile carries an inert warhead. Instead of exploding, it hurls about 100 pounds of metal through the top of the target's vehicle. If the high-velocity projectile does not kill the target, the missile's other feature almost certainly does. Six long blades tucked inside, which deploy seconds before impact to slice up anything in its path coolest missile ever right i mean unless you're on the receiving end oh i love the name yeah but i mean like all i could think was like a slap chop it's like a slap chop missile it is chopping up those onions (laughs) that thing is awesome slicing dude six foot blades come on who would love that ashley anything to add to the ninja missile uh just it just reminds me of like what is that fruit ninja you're like it also reminds me of like that VR game my my husband plays. It's like go, go, he's got go like ahead. a saber and he like cuts fruit, but it's got music. Add it to the card, people. Add it to the card. I All I gotta right, say Jim. though, wait, no, no, no. We can't let this go by. I get too much hate for the things that I say, and I'm gonna say. So I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna make peace. This is the most environmentally friendly weapon I have ever heard of. Right? There are no explosives. It's an yeah. inert warhead. It kills and kills with efficiency, and you can recycle those steel blades. There, I said it. It's, it, is, it is very green. I'm glad you're supporting the green movement at long last. All right, rapid fire number three, Marines behaving badly. Jeff, you get to defend the entire Marine Corps. Because of uh, four chuckleheads in North Carolina, Camp Lejeune, uh, who police this week said were part of an armed robbery at a Catholic church in a beach town near the North Carolina base. 
I'm not going to read these guys' names, but they were field artillerymen with the 2nd Battalion, 10th Marine Regiment. To I, I, My heart's out to you guys having to deal with this, but what do you think about Marines deciding it's a good idea to rob a Catholic church at gunpoint? I, be- I believe that uh, they're part of that 3% of, I don't know if we can say, I'll just say crap birds. Yeah. Uh, that exist and and uh, they are not marines because i'm sure they're going to be dishonorably discharged so to me they are not marines is my I, defense of them that's, that's not a bad defense i i can i agree with you like you once you uh once you decide that your best course of action is to rob a catholic church at gunpoint i think you give up the eagle globe and anchor i don't think there's anywhere right. you can go from there so <laughs> Ashley, what do you think about this one? Right? I mean, <laughs> I can't. I that's the know. deep. That's the deepest thought you've had all day. I, 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 thanks. I, thanks. I, I mean, you're so like sweet. no one's no one's saying you're going to get uber wealthy being in the Marine Corps, but like your housing's paid for, your food is paid for. I you're can't getting imagine the salary. what they're spending their money on. Right? It's yeah. I I, I could imagine. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a few I, thoughts. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of establishments outside Camp Lejeune that I'm sure we're looking forward to this, uh, you know, and not just check cashing in uh, tattoo parlors, but this is insane. <laughs> crazy people. Mm. All right, rapid fire number four from Fox News. Former VA secretary urges department to move on burn pits. And this is uh, former secretary of the VA, David Shulkin, who said, I think the VA is a terrific organization that does many, many things exceptionally well. But the area that I think they are we continue to make the same mistake on for generalizations in veterans is our benefits area. We put the burden of proof back on the people who need our help and who are sick, and we make them show us the scientific mm-hmm. evidence and the documentation of how they were injured. And I think that's a backward system, he said. We should be giving them the benefit of the doubt. We should be offering them the help they actually need in documenting the evidence for why they may have been injured or disabled in their line of service. Yeah, huge applause to David Shulkin. Like, couldn't All be more accurate. He's diagnosed it. Um, and again, like we pointed out with the uh, with the Blue Water Blue. Navy thing, the the costs are going to be sky high. But I got news for you: these are the costs of of waging these war are nowadays. The costs of waging war. Yes, thank you. Until you, yes. until you, yes. until we go completely robotic, this is uh, this is a continuing expense from the war, and it should be treated as such. We're not going Jeff, robotic. We're not going robotic in space. Why would we go robotic here on Earth? So I, I, I would repeat what you said. Um, not only would I, I will. That if that person, the the former VA have the former VA lead having to tell the current VA that this is important is kind of not cool with me. And I think that they need to read uh, the article, the Blue Water article about how the VA is uh, uh, trying to get ahead of. I mean, late in the game, but they're trying to get ahead of the, the blue water situation in a really efficient way with the burden of proof. Like, that, that burden of yeah. proof is a huge problem for a lot of people. Yeah, it's, I mean, the VA is in a bad spot because they are dealing with a lot of volume. And so when you start opening up new channels like the burn pits and like the, the Agent Orange for Blue Water Navy, it's, it's difficult. And I, I empathize with the VA, but he's, he's right. And I... I, I don't think this was geared as much towards the VA secretary as it was Congress, because at the end of the day, it's Congress that has oversight, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that are going to need to push this. 
I'm sure the VA secretary is like, whatever orders come down the pike, I will follow to the utmost of mm -hmm. my ability. Absolutely. Um, you know, but this has to, it's got to come from somewhere else. And at the end of the day, the VA is only as good as the appropriations that are done for VA. If you don't give VA enough money, enough outlays to do what they need to do, then there's no sense yep. in asking them to do it. So as a, as a society, I think all of America needs to come together and realize that this is an ongoing cost of war and it's not going to go away. It's just not. And maybe you should think about that the next time you guys want to send us off somewhere, that there's going to be these residual costs that maybe people haven't factored in. And, you know, in the case of burn pits, you know, maybe if you maybe if they yeah. had done something better from Jump Street instead of just lighting fires and throwing medical waste into it right next to where the troops are living, that would have been a good idea. I get that it's not always a, a tactical solution, that there's problems, but crazy. Woo, right. CV. Yeah, I, I know. that was I that was that was Ooh. thorough rapid fire. I mean, but, you know, I, I have I have no comments other than nail on the head. <laughs> totally agree. We have this work is, to do, and it has to be it has to be initiated by Congress because the VA won't do anything until it's in fine writing. Yeah. So we can yeah, complain as much as we want, but we have to we have to hold our leadership accountable, our elected officials accountable, and we have to push the issue. Ashley, you got a shout out today. I do. So, all right. I want to give a shout out to the late and great Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That woman, I credit for allowing me to have my military career and big grand scheme of things. A lot of her landmark cases allowed what would have, you know, if, if my husband was also not a service member, to also obtain benefits, to also not be discriminated against or be forced out to pregnancy and to also be treated as an equal among my peers. So there's a lot of legislation I'm really appreciative of for, and I just want to say a big shout out to her forever in debt as a, as a woman veteran. So that's that's my shout out. Jeff? Hmm. I was gonna do some names, uh, Simone Lara, her husband, Zach Lara, uh, my friend Jennifer Marshall, and what these people all have in common is that they serve in the, the guard of California, some in the state guard and some in the national guard, because right now they are a busy, busy group with the fires that go on here, and uh, and so I know the whole state of California is um, really thankful for the work that both the the national guard and the California. Uh, volunteer guard do in these times so i would just want to give a shout out to the all the guard people except ashley no even you ashley you're my favorite even you former national guard proud of it thank you very much Have a great loud day. and proud loud and proud <laughs> my shout out is uh not as much to anyone out there. it's uh the, my shout out is our upcoming uh national executive committee meetings uh that are coming up and because we didn't have a uh, national convention this year, they have a lot of work to do. And on top of that, we have to do it all over Zoom, which makes it even more difficult. So uh, my hat's off to all the, the tech guys who are working on making sure the meetings are happening and to all the any seamen out there who are having to go through all the paperwork beforehand. I'm looking forward to the meetings because I you know we need to have a legislative agenda for next year. And I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. So my shout outs to the to our national executive committee, uh, they they do they do a lot of work that you guys probably don't know about, um, and because we didn't have a convention this year, it's even more difficult. So my shout out to them. All right, any last thoughts? 
Jeff, congratulations on Detroit uh, Lions winning a football game. Just, and first hope, of all, hope. I just want to point out, if we're going to do that, Browns and also three amazing women represented on the field of the Browns game in Washington football team. Another plug. Go on, Jeff. Tell us about the Detroit Lions. Uh, apparently, my final thoughts were hijacked by a woman all over my time on this podcast. So uh, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. There's a whole lot of gender nullification that goes on whenever Sir? Ashley's on the podcast with us. Mr. Daly yields his time. Yeah, he does. Oh, did he did he day. freeze or is that just his? Oh, now he's giving me no, the hand. Did no, you see the hand? He could just okay. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week and the week after, Wait. and hopefully far. What? I thought you were going to give Ashley the last thought so I could interrupt. Oh. See, you guys ruined you, everything you for me. You yielded your time. You yielded your time. <laughs> yeah, you done. This is this is this is not a a D word from Case Western last night. This is <laughs> this is a podcast. We don't just interrupt each other. All right. Remember to uh, yes. Remember to uh, subscribe and review the Tango Alpha Lima podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're watching us on uh, YouTube, make sure you give us some stars and some likes and some thumbs up and everything else and pass it on to your friends and again if you like what we're doing let us know if you don't like what we're doing let us know we'll try to make it better next time but we will see you guys in a couple weeks bye